The following program contains vintage advertising. None of the commercials featured here are the result of any paid endorsement of any kind. Telehell presents... Commercials of the Damned! Ever since the infancy of wireless communication, the easiest way to get the point across was through advertising. Sometimes you feel like a nut. I want my mate. Any coated popcorn, peanuts, and a prize. Stronger than dirt. I am stuck on band-aid grand, band-aid stuck on me. Things go better with Coca-Cola. Things go better with Coca-Cola. Right. Many decades could be considered by some to be the golden age of advertising. For the purposes of this story, we travel to the mid-1980s. Capitalism reached one of its many fevered pitches, and just about everybody that could make a buck did so by advertising themselves with full force. The recession of the early part of the decade came to an end, and consumer confidence was at an all-time high, thanks in very small part to various commercials capturing the country's attention. It didn't matter if it was a car or a can of soda. Advertising hit a major apex in the 1980s with one memorable campaign after another. Perhaps the most telling barometer of the impact of 80s advertising was just how well one aspect of everyday life was doing among the masses, that of the fast food industry. For brevity's sake, we're only talking about the big three. Since the dawn of time, a certain golden arch, clown-mascotted burger factory has been the worldwide dominator of fast food, not only coming up with memorable ad campaigns, but also continuing to innovate with the creation of new sandwiches and meals to add to their inexpensively expansive menu. I'm talking quarter pound of beef on the hot, hot side. And the hot stays hot. The new big DLT. Of course, despite their domination, they're not the only game in town. In the 1980s, their competitors realized they were sick of playing the also-ran when it came to where people wanted fries with that. In 1984, the Arches experienced their first major threat to having their heels being nipped at, when a certain upstart fast food chain from Dublin, Ohio, asked one simple question. Hey, where's the meat? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. So ubiquitous was this commercial and its subsequent follow-ups that a presidential candidate actually used the phrase to take down one of his political rivals. When I hear your new ideas, I'm reminded of that ad. Where's the beef? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't enough for one fast food redhead to topple another, but at least being a comfortable second for a little while wasn't too bad. But as usual, we're not here to talk about success. This story is about that other fast food place that also perennially tries to nip at its competitors' heels. 
Realizing the success that one of the competing fast food places suddenly had thanks to a memorable ad campaign, this place had the urge to fight fire with fire, which stands to reason, considering their cooking process involved flame-broiled grilling. But thanks to the campaign they came up with, they would soon find themselves embroiled with a whopper of a flame. The flames of Telehell. In 1985, Burger King was at one of its low points in terms of overall sales, and the days of such campaigns as Have It Your Way and Aren't You Hungry seem to have faded into time. Realizing that they wouldn't stand for an upstart like Wendy's stealing what little thunder they had, BK decided to reach for the big guns of Madison Avenue. Early that year, BK consulted the prestigious J. Walter Thompson Agency. That's why you always leave a note. No, that's J. Walter Thompson, not J. Walter Weatherman. Anyway, this was a company that had been around since the 1860s and has been responsible for advertising such brands as Kellogg's, Nestle, Ford, and countless dozens of others. BK was looking for their own version of Ronald McDonald and Clara Peller. The result? A man named Herb. At this time, Burger King begins a nationwide search for one man. His name is Herb. We don't know much about Herb. When the commercials debuted in November of 1985, there was as much mystery around them as there was confusion. Who was Herb? Why was Herb? And perhaps most importantly, why would BK pit their hopes on an unknown character who claimed to have never eaten one of their burgers in his life? Madison Avenue can be an odd place to walk through, but BK had their plan. Herb was the centerpiece of a hybrid contest and discount promotion they would formally launch a few months later. The sum of which was that the actor who played Herb, John Melnick, would appear at various BK stores across the country, decked out in the finest of nerd attire. High pants, horn-rimmed glasses, loud jacket, the works. The first person in each store to spot Herb would instantly win $5,000 cash, and then be entered into a grand prize drawing for $1 million. On the discount side of things, BK subsequently launched the I'm Not Herb campaign, where people would get a Whopper for only 99 cents if they tell the cashier, I'm not Herb. And if their name happened to be Herb, but they still wanted the discount, they would have to tell them, I'm not the Herb you're looking for, marking one of the lamest variants of the Jedi mind trick known to mankind. And what if your name happens to be Herb? Just say, I'm not the Herb you're looking for. Remember, these aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. The initial curiosity of who Herb was lasted from November 1985 until January 1986, when he made his face known to millions of people in this commercial that aired during that year's Super Bowl. Sometime soon, this man could walk into your life and make you a millionaire. It was at that point that the contest formally launched. Now that people knew what Herb looked like, it would obviously be easier to spot him. And for the most part, a number of people across the country did. But did it do anything to BK's sluggish sales? The home of the Whopper dropped about 40% of their profits in 1986, thanks in no small part to the confusion of the promotion. But that's not the only problem Herb inflicted onto the public. 
The campaign led to controversy in early 1986 when a 15-year-old boy spotted Herb at a BK restaurant in rural Alabama and believed that he had won $5,000. Because he was under the age of 16, the minimum age for participating in the promotion, the prize money was given to the boy's older friend who was with him at the time. Burger King defended the decision, stating that the restriction was intended to dissuade students from skipping school to search for Herb. The boy's parents complained to state representatives. The matter was then brought before the full state senate, which passed a resolution condemning Burger King's actions as consumer fraud. The million-dollar winner was eventually crowned. A man from Louisville, Kentucky won the prize when all was said and done. From there, Herb went from being a Madison Avenue curiosity to a bigger 1986 punchline than the New England Patriots against the Chicago Bears. To further cement the punchline status, Herb's last public appearance was as a guest timekeeper at the WWE's WrestleMania II. And boy, I wish I was joking about that. And now someone I have been dying to meet, the timekeeper, Herb! And no, your ears do not deceive you. That was indeed Joan Rivers introducing Herb. Incidentally, Herb was also joined by NBA legend Daryl Dawkins, famed jazz singer Cab Calloway, and Watergate aficionado G. Gordon Liddy. The 80s were a strange time. So where does Herb fit in to the flame-broiled fires of Telehel? Well, remember what the nine circles are. Limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, wrath, heresy, violence, fraud, treachery. And listen well. Let's get the obvious one out of the way first. The contest winner in Alabama who got screwed out of his winnings despite his age. We already mentioned that this was a case of consumer fraud, so the fraud circle is all but a given. Meanwhile, BK paid the Thompson Agency $40 million to put together this campaign, compared to the nearly $100 million the Arches would put up for an entire year's worth of advertising, proving the old expression, you get what you pay for. So perhaps the greed circle might count because BK was trying to pinch as many pennies as they could instead of splurging on a campaign people might actually remember. And of course, since fast food is involved, BK used this promotion to attempt to get more people to consume more of their burgers. Sounds like gluttony to me. Burger King's Herb Campaign earns three circles of telehell. The Herb Campaign, while positive in its initial curiosity, turned out to be one of the greatest advertising flops of the 1980s. BK was clearly, but not obviously, jealous of the advertising output that their competitors were putting out, and they thought to themselves, anything they could do, we can do better. A thought that clearly blew up in their faces thanks to the weak sales that year. And all because they thought a nerd with glasses might be more appealing than a pair of fast food redheads. And it wouldn't be the last time their advertising efforts got grilled. But that's another commercial of the damned for another day. Next time on Telehell. Television may be filled with ripoffs, reboots, and sequels now. But back in the day, two notorious bombs tried to duplicate something that didn't need to be duplicated in the first place. Although I have an enormous problem. Do you understand that? Mm. And it's not my job. I'll pay you extra. Price three, price three. <laughs> Hotel Connie, I don't want people having sex here. Look at that was just us. <laughs> the ripoffs of Faulty Towers is our next subject. Until next time, if it's not in Telehell, it's not worth a damn. Telehell was written, produced, edited, and narrated by me, 
Justin Hart. All clips used in this program are protected under the Fair Use Doctrine of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, and all clips used come courtesy of their respective companies and owners. Some of the music used in this program comes courtesy of YouTube and their audio library service. Telehell is a production of Horton Road and is distributed by Libsyn. The preceding program contained vintage advertising. None of the commercials featured here were the result of any paid endorsement of any kind. Oh, one more thing. Just because we watch a lot of TV doesn't mean that we don't want to socialize. Look for us on Facebook and Twitter, both at Telehell Podcast. And of course, you can also go to our own page, telehell.libsyn.com. And don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Libsyn. Just search for Telehell.